those of you that are joining us here, and for those that are joining us online, we pray for you in Jesus' name. Turn with me to the book of Joshua, the 24th chapter, Joshua 24. <clears throat> and I'm going to start with verse number 14, and I won't make you stand uh, because I've got a long set of verses here I'd like to read. Starting with verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, He it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that he hath done you good." And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. <clears throat> and they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice will we obey? Can we pray together for the remainder of our time? Jesus, we thank you for what you are doing in this place, in the hearts of your people. Lord, I thank you for your word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Help me, Lord, to be a vessel for you and to speak, to speak to bring understanding to your word. Bless the hearer today, Lord. Bless this church. We pray in your marvelous, matchless, and holy name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Serving God is a choice. It is what can and should be described as an active pursuit. A relationship with God is a pursuit toward Him, but also a pursuit to you. But would you believe me if I told you that both pers you pursuing God and Him pursuing you is a choice? For the remainder of our time today, I want to preach to you on this thought. I choose you. I choose you. That is both something that we as believers and followers of Christ must choose to do each day. But it is also just as important what the Lord chose to do for us. Church, it is a choice, a daily choice, as often as you think about it, to serve the Lord. It is a choice to serve Him, to honor Him, to do the things that please Him. And in the same sense, the believer and follower of Christ also chooses not to do or partake in things because of our devotion to serve Him. I do not stand before you today to tell you that you can choose one way or another. You have that choice yourself. 
I can't make that choice for you. I do stand before you today to declare to you to choose the Lord. Choose the Lord. Why? Because the consequences otherwise are dire. The consequences otherwise are grim. The consequences otherwise are without God. The consequences otherwise are fueled with some very bad things. And I don't want to take a whole lot of time to get into the depth of in, into that. But Joshua makes it very clear, not only to those he was speaking to, but to the reader today, saying, serve the Lord and put away other gods. There was this Egypt mindset among these Israelites that said, I know the Lord can provide, but I also know we can get these provisions otherwise. It was as if their hearts and minds were still on the fence about whom they should serve. But as we just read, Joshua already knew, for he would not have said it otherwise. They were dipping their toes on both sides of the dock, if you will, testing one side of the water and testing the other. They were in a place of a developing world culture, according to history, and in this land of the Amorites, which further took the people away from a relationship with their creator. I can't help but relate this to today, church. There are so many things that are trying to grasp our attention. <laughs> In fact, there is some that can be accessed right at our fingertips, most of which are accessed right at our fingertips. When these things take up time and further take time away from God, hear me, that's an idol. That's a God. Everything we do, everything we take part in, do you ask the question, is this something that is pleasing to God? Am I choosing God in this situation? To that I say and implore to look to God, not just in these moments of a crossroads, but at all times saying, I choose you. Choosing the Lord before the crossroads, come, before the crossroads comes will help when they do come. Right? Don't wait to choose him until you're set in this circumstance. No, choose him now. That way when you get down the road and you come to a crossroads like this, you know who you're going to choose already. You won't be caught in a place to make a rash decision. Oh, the road may not be easy. The road may not be smooth. It may be rough travels. It may be like climbing a mountain. But hear me, I would rather climb a seemingly inaccessible mountain with God than travel down a smooth, wide road, an open road without God. That doesn't mean that it's always going to be a treacherous mountain climb. You're not always going to be fearing for your life or anything like that. But church, as the world grows darker, the church needs to grow stronger. <laughs> the church needs to grow more firm in their faith. There is too much happening, too many enticing things further, pulling people away from God, <laughs> that the church would rise up with boldness. Oh, that the church would rise up with a love for the truth. Oh, that the church would rise up and be the church. That the church would forsake all else and not only say, I choose you, but live it. Think about this for a moment. If you've been living for God for any amount of time, there have been times on this road where you have gone through a struggle or two. Somebody say amen. amen. Did you seek God or did you turn somewhere else? A complete reliance on God is far from a weakness. In fact, it is the opposite of that. Why? Because a complete reliance on God requires more faith. Faith isn't something that has no substance, you know. 
No, church, there has to be some kind of sustenance to it. Faith comes when we don't always know the outcome. Faith grows when we can't see it, but he's working. Faith increases as the situation from our point of view gets worse, yet we continue to still pursue and choose the Lord. Faith increases as you choose God over something else. The Lord impressed upon me to share this with you. Now hear me, I'm taking it down for just a moment. Some of you may know, and most of you do, I think, I'm a type 1 diabetic. I take medication every day. I am hooked up to this device called an insulin pump, which makes caring for my diabetes much easier. Guess what I do? I praise God for this. Why? Because just like God can take care of it in one way, he's taking care of it in this way. Now, before you say anything about a, a lack of faith, he's given me the ability to handle it now. Albeit I have bad days, and the Lord sees me through it, hear me. But don't think for a moment that just because you're on some kind of medication, I know this is kind of an offshoot, but don't think for a moment that because you're on some kind of a medication that your faith is not as strong as a person who is not. I know there are some that may disagree with that statement, but I'm hard-pressed to think that I have some kind of a lack of faith because I choose to do this. I have a faith in God that he will heal me. In fact, he has told me that he will. I know it will happen, but until that time, I'm going to take care of this temple. I'm going to take care of this body as he provides me the means to do so. And I'm here to tell you, though, that the Lord has me and he has you on a journey of complete healing. And I believe and declare that over your life right now. I have faith that he will heal me one day. That is what keeps me going, church. That is a part of what keeps me going. That is some of what keeps me living for him along with so much else. Amen, amen. He is who I live for. He is who I will die for if it comes down to it. He is who I am choosing to serve each day. I choose you, Jesus. As you proclaim this to Jesus, saying, I choose you, I have felt so heavy in my spirit that it is time for the body of Christ to take hold of some things. It is time to take hold of the whole counsel of God. It is time to take hold of the whole account of Scripture. It is time for us to draw some lines in the sand, just as Joshua did in verse 15 of our text, saying, you can choose who you want to serve, but as for me and for my house, we will serve the Lord. Not my neighbor's house. Not my friend down the street. No, my house. Oh, that a boldness would come over us, just like Joshua saying, I choose for my house, for me and my house, that we will serve the Lord. I will draw the line as the Lord leads to allow or to not allow certain things in my home. Why? Because just as I stated moments ago, there are too many distractions that are trying to deter me from my walk and my purpose that God has planned for me, my family, and my house. Joshua boldly shared his commitment saying, I am making a personal commitment to God. As the church, we too need to do this. This is for each and every one saying, I am committed to Christ. You see, the people from whom Joshua was leading wanted all the blessings from God's covenant, but they wanted to keep their options open. Oh, church, that a commitment has to be more than just words you say. It must be a commitment of your life, a complete devotion. Your commitment and your faith in God is more than just words on a paper. 
It's more than just notes in a notebook. It's more than just an Instagram post or a reel. It's more than just telling someone else. This is your faith in action. It's the works done because of your faith and commitment to Him. You draw these lines with no intention of crossing over them, setting some barriers in your own life, in your home, wherever you go, because that is your commitment to Christ. That is your devotion to Him. That is you choosing Him and forsaking all else, taking up your cross and following Him. And guess what? Before you ever thought to choose Him, to devote your life to Him, to follow His Word, before you were in your mother's womb, before the very foundation of the world, He chose you. He chose you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. From the very beginning, He chose you in what was the most severe and cruel punishment that anyone could endure. He chose you. Jesus chose you. The Savior of the world, the whole world, both believers and those that don't, chose you. His plan of redemption from the very dawn of creation was for you. His salvation plan that He has provided that all who desire to receive it is for you. He chose you. It is for you who are on the fence about living for Him. It is for you who were led by God to come to TCOO or watch online or listen to one of our podcast stations that we broadcast on and to think that Jesus chose you on the cross. The God of all creation saw it fit to come down, robe Himself in flesh, be hated, put on trial, be ridiculed, be shamed, be beaten, and be killed all for you. All for you. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he desires you, church. Oh, how he so selflessly chose you. On the cross, there is forgiveness of sins. In fact, what Jesus did there was the ultimate act of forgiveness, covering a multitude of sins, taking away the penalty for our sins, not just for those who live for him, but for those who don't know him yet. Hear me. When I think about that, I sometimes wonder about the alternative. If he didn't do this for all the earth, for everyone, but as God always does, I am quickened, quickened to think that if, we, if that were the case, I wouldn't have a chance to receive him some nine years ago over here in the corner <laughs> on that first weekend in March where God got a hold of me in such a way and I've never let go. Oh, come on, somebody. God is wanting to get a hold of some of you in this place right now, right here. And it does not matter where you are. It does not matter what you are doing. God is here for you today. Remember, He is mighty to save. He is mighty to deliver. I don't know if you're hearing me. He is able, church. Sometimes we don't realize that we need deliverance. Anyone been there where God just gives you a good old flick on the head like mama or grandma used to do to make sure you realize what you did was kind of a mistake where you weren't quite on the right track or you slipped up, again, up a bit because God was trying to get you on, on, back on track. That's love. That's Jesus. Oh, that we would praise him for just a moment. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. To think that he loved us so much that he's willing to tell us what we're doing wrong. <laughs> so long as we listen to him, I'd like the praise team to make their way back up here. And if you'll stand with me all over this place, God is doing something great in this place as we bring this to a close. 
I want to direct your attention to 2 Corinthians 13, uh, the first part of verse 5. Paul writes in this first part, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Examine yourselves whether you are walking like you have been chosen by God. I think I need to say that one more time. Examine yourselves whether you are walking like you have been chosen by God. Examine yourselves whether you are living how His Word wants you to live. Oh, hear me, church. If you found yourself in a place of needing a change, reach out to Jesus. Choose Jesus this day. Choose Jesus this day. Whether you choose to join me up here at these altars, I, I encourage you to come up here and find a place to pray. Find a place to pray where you're at. Whatever you decide to do, I want to turn this place into a house of prayer right now as we come to a close. So I wonder if we can all pray. You will find Him as you seek Him. He is calling for you. He has chosen you. He has laid down His life for you. There is deliverance in the house today. There is healing in the house today. Come on, let's pray. Hallelujah. I encourage you to make your way somewhere around this sanctuary. Choose Jesus. Find a place to pray and just take these next few moments in prayer. Go ahead and talk to God right now. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I long for you. Jesus, I make the choice today to serve you with my whole heart to serve you with my whole mind, to serve you with my everything. Oh, you are great and you're greatly to be praised. Lord, touch my heart and touch my mind. Rid me of all the things right now that are distracting me, oh God, because I need you, Lord. I need you to move in my life. I need you, oh God. I can't do it without you. I don't want to do it without you, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah.